Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings number 295. Hope everybody had a great week out there. Better than the Mets as they it was a lost weekend against the Dodgers. They dropped three and did not look good doing it. Just plain awful baseball. That's, that's all you can say. They go to Philly now for this week. Four with, uh, I'm sorry, they split with Texas too. Beat the Texas Rangers one game, lost the second game. Now it's on to Philly for four games starting tonight. And in the fifth inning, they have a 4 nothing lead with DeGrom on the mound. And uh, if you've been living under a rock and haven't heard the news, the Mets have traded Jay Bruce to the Cleveland Indians in exchange for pitching prospect Ryder Ryan. The team announced last night as part of the deal, Cleveland will pay the rest of the money owed to Bruce this season. A fan rags, John Heyman reports the Yankees were in talks to acquire the outfielder, but wanted the Mets to pay some of Bruce's contract. They would have got more prospects from the Yankees. But the ever-cheap Mets, the Wilpons or Alderson or whoever, wanted cash. They wanted to save $5 million or $3 million, whatever the heck it was. Um, so obviously I'm not a fan or, or think this trade was great. I think they could have got more than one single A prospect for Jay Bruce. It's, I guess I've come full circle. I didn't like the trade when he came here, and I don't like the trade as he leaves here. And I think this is a signal that they are not going to sign him next year because if they were going to sign him, I, I don't think they would have let him go for that amount of money. They would they would have paid the money and, and you know, to nickel and dime and, and make this a, uh, a salary dump means they're not going to sign him. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if they don't sign anybody, to be honest with you. But uh, Bruce is gone to the Cleveland Indians, and uh, Ryder Ryan is a Columbia Firefly. He's the 30th round pick of the Indians in 2016. Three and four with a 4.79 ERA and 33 relief appearances with Class A Lake County this year. Now, he was regarded at a high school, but he was a pitcher and a third baseman. So there's not a lot of mileage on the arm. And I think uh, he's going to be a project, and that's why they took him. He can throw hard. He's a project, but like any kid that doesn't have a lot of experience pitching, control and mechanics are going to be the key here. So it's up to uh, it's up to the farm system to straighten this kid out and see if he he can make something of himself and become a professional pitcher. But. Uh, so Bruce is gone, and Ryan is here, and uh, they say he has a high ceiling, the kid, So, but we'll see. Uh, Mets rookie Chris Flexen got his first big league victory this week and picked up his first hit. 
defeating uh, the Rangers on Tuesday night, 5-4. to four. He allowed three runs and four hits while walking three batters, striking out four. And what was the longest outing of his young career, he lasted just three innings um, during each of his first two big league starts, allowing a total of eight runs. And as I said, got his first hit, a double in the fifth inning, leading off the inning. So congrats to Chris Flexen. He looked pretty good. He actually did look good. Still struggled a little bit with the walks, but, you know, um, pitched very well for five and two-thirds. So uh, hats off to Mr. Flexen. And uh, we said with um, Bruce gone, Juan Lagaris has been uh, brought back to the club, so he'll take that spot. And rumors are Dominic Smith will be here tomorrow and in the lineup in Philadelphia. So uh, we'll see. No confirmation of that as we record this podcast. But that is the word, and we shall see how true they are to their word. Um, Dominic Smith should have been up here last week in my estimation, and as soon as they traded Duda, he should have been brought in put on first base, and let's see what this kid can do. Now, for some reason, there's been a lot of negative reports lately about him, that he doesn't have power and that he's fat and lazy. <laughs> I, You know, let's. he's only hitting 330, folks, with 17 homers. I know it's the Pacific Coast League, but come on. I mean, let's see what this kid can do. I, you know, why these negative reports are coming out all of a sudden, I, I don't know. But I'm always suspicious when something like that happens. So, I'm I want to see for myself. I don't want to believe these so-called reports that are coming out. Uh, and let's see, and it looks like we're going to see tomorrow night. Mets right-handed pitcher Matt Harvey threw 20 pitches from the Mounted City Field on Tuesday during a live batting practice session and expects to make a rehab start in the next week or so, he said afterwards. My arm can work the way it's supposed to. Now it's moving the proper way. Shortly after Harvey landed on the disabled list, pitching coach Dan Wathen told Mark Carrig of Newsday that Harvey's right shoulder had totally atrophied as a result, a result of the thoracic outlet surgery he had last year. About his recent throwing, Harvey said he's excited because it's finally fun to throw a baseball again. And keeping in along those lines with Matt Harvey, ESPN's Buster only speculated on Harvey's future, saying uh, that it could include a trade, that they could move him maybe as, as soon as this offseason or next year by the deadline. And uh, there's, always, there's also been some talk that there were teams contacting the Mets this year about Harvey. But, of course, we know nothing was uh, nothing was gained, and, and it wouldn't be worth it at this point. Because they would get literally nothing for him. I don't think you get much at all, uh, being that he's coming back from this injury. So, um, you know, he, he owns a 5.02 ERA and just just does not have a good year this year. So I don't think they would ga gather much. But why don't you let me know what you think the Mets should do with Harvey Send me an email at metsmusings at gmail.com 
or a voicemail at 516-619-6341, and we'll talk about it again some more in the future. Robbie Gazelman allowed six runs in two and two-thirds innings on Sunday in his third rehab start for A Binghamton. Not so good. In his last start, his first start on August 1st, Gazelman pitched three scoreless innings, allowing two hits while striking out two. On July 27th, he allowed a run on three hits in just two-thirds of an inning. So, uh, Gazelman's struggling just a tad, but uh, I'm sure he'll find uh, he's building back his arm strength and getting that leg strength back. So, it takes time. Uh, Former Met, Ike Davis. Yes, Ike Davis has transitioned from first baseman to pitcher as he made his debut pitching for the Arizona League Dodgers on Monday. According to New York Daily News' Zachary Ripple, Davis struck out the side in one perfect inning where his fat fastball sat from 88 to 92 miles per hour. The 30-year-old had relief experience while playing for the Arizona State Sun Devils in college. He posted a 2.25 ERA in 24 innings his junior year in 2008. Davis spent five seasons with the Mets, where he once accumulated 32 homers in a single season. That was in 2012. However, his career average in New York was 241, and the Mets eventually got rid of him in 2014. Uh, it's it's interesting and strange at the same time. This is a guy who proclaimed himself to be a home run hitter, uh, who came up hitting to all fields. Looked like he was going to hit 15 homers, hit 285 to 300 in that range, and hit 32 homers and became a home run hitter and ruined his career. Hasn't been the same player since then. And now he's going to pitch. (laughs) I mean, that's almost like saying I can't hit. I'm a lousy hitter. I mean, I think I'd work on trying to get my uh, stroke back, but um, apparently he's decided to take it in a different direction and uh, become a relief pitcher, lefty specialist, I guess. So good luck to Ike Davis. It's it's quite a story uh, from, uh, you know, home run hitter to uh, pitcher and, uh, you know, nothing but the best for Mr. Davis. All right, let's take a break right now, and uh, we'll be back with my special guest right after this. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the Internet today about their teams. But it always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. That is the comment 
voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. And joining me tonight is Keith McPherson, and he's with BronxPinstripes.com, a New York Yankee blog. And Keith, welcome to Mets Musings. Gary Mack, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. You're you're welcome. Uh, Thank you for coming on. And uh, Keith, the Yankees uh, and the Mets are going to revive this rivalry that's been going on uh, since 1962, more or less. And... Yankees got off to a very hot start, started to come back to earth a little bit lately. Uh, what was the deal with, with that, and uh, how do you see the season so far? Uh, I think the hot start, um, everybody was hitting early, and uh, no one really knew exactly what we were going to be this year. So, you know, when you're putting up, like, I think we put up like 16 runs in one game, and then we had a a big come from behind win where we were down like eight or nine runs and came back. So when people are seeing you fight and win games late, like these guys were, they were competing till the end in the beginning of the first half of the year, you know, they were like a never say you die team. So mm-hmm. that type of stuff energizes the city, the fan base. And you know how the, the Yankees fans are. If, if we see a good thing, we're going to blow it up, you know? <laughs> well, well, speaking of that, uh, <laughs> Aaron Judge was on his way to the Hall of Fame, and he's hit a little road bump. And I've said, <laughs> I've said on another show that I do that, not to criticize the kid, but could we let him, let's see, you know, let's see him for a couple of years before we give him uh, the plaque in Cooperstown. And and he showed that he's human, and uh, you know, there was an awful lot of pressure on the, on the young man to uh, with the start that he good that he got. And, uh, you know, talk a little bit about Aaron Judge and his year so far. I mean, it, it's it's got to be, like, you know, such a, a gift and a curse because, you know, you're a rock star almost overnight after the Home Run Derby uh, nationally. We all knew about him. Actually, the Bronx Pinstripes guys, we had a um, our, like, yearly outing at his first game last year. And people forget that, you know, he was called up last year. He hit a home run, his first uh, plate appearance, but he only batted like 179 in that little stint. And, um, you know, Gary Sanchez kind of stole the thunder from him for, for the rest of the year. But then going into this year, you know, we didn't know where the guy was going to be. I think, he, you know, he was batting like seventh in the beginning of the year, definitely in the, in, the, in the lower part of the lineup. And then he's got obviously raw power. He's huge. He's hitting home runs that, you know, people have never seen. He's putting balls in places in Yankee Stadium where they're not supposed to go. Everybody is dying for the next Jeter, you know. <laughs> they put that on his back, comparing the kid to Jeter right away. And then, um, you know, he, he, he was 
actually in the mix of like, you know, looking like he could be a triple crown guy. Mm-hmm. And as soon as people see that, they're like, okay, this guy's hitting for average. He's got the RBIs. He's got the home runs. He's, he's Babe Ruth. And like you said, he was <laughs> in the hall of fame, uh, in, in June and July, but, uh, He's struggling a little bit now. Actually, if you ask him, he was in an interview. He said he didn't feel like he's slumping. You know, he's he's taking his walks and uh, he's playing the field hard. So at least he's got the right attitude. I think um, I think for Judge, we got to have guys pick him up around him. Uh, Matt Holiday is definitely like a guy that we're missing right now with Judge because they have a good relationship and he protected Judge in the lineup. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like. Uh, some other guys need to step up and make some noise. And I'm glad we made the moves that we did and added some of the big names that we did because, uh, you know, it can't be all eyes on judge all the time. Well, you make a good point there about the blessing and the curse. You know, one time you're on top and the next, you you know, they want, like people like to rip you down, especially in this city. Yeah. So uh, that's what's happened to yeah, him. But rough. Yeah, yeah, but let, let's give the kid a little bit of uh, breathing room. Like you said, he's a big kid, and uh, you know he, he, he's he pitch, pitchers adjust the players. Then, and it, this is just an he's got to adjust back. It's it's a constant adjustment game. Oh, of course, and I mean he's he obviously changed his game, and you've seen you know, and he he constantly says the work that he put in. He's taking his walks. I think he's just got to get back to what he was doing. And Judge is the type of guy, I mean, however you pitch him. Like, I'm watching the Blue, Blue Jays uh, game right now. We're down one nothing. They've been super cautious with the way that they pitch him because they know if he gets the bat to the ball, there's a good chance his power is just going to put it out. He, some of his home runs are huge blasts. We've seen the 495-foot home runs. But some of these hits that are going out and becoming home runs, the mm-hmm. ball is glancing off the bat. He's just that big and strong of a guy. So, I don't know. I think if he gets back into just trusting himself, you know, knowing he's a good ball player, not letting it get too too big for him, not thinking about, you know, now I'm Aaron Judge, home run derby winner, whole world <laughs> knows me. He'll be fine when when we need him. Well, he seems to have a good head on his shoulder, so I'm, I'm sure he'll right the ship and, and – uh... You know, and and as I say, it's it's a learning process, and and he's just a kid and a big kid at that. You know, so uh, he'll get yeah, better. Twenty-five-year-old rookie. I mean, if you look at Trout and you look at Harper, technically, you know, they're all like the same age, twenty-six, twenty-five. He's still a kid, though, as far as the, mm-hmm. you know his time in the league. Um, a few years from now, we'll see exactly what type of player he is, and I think he'll be fine, and he'll be in a. Uh, right field for the Yankees for a long time to come. Yeah, and and, and you mentioned Harper, and, and look, Harper won the MVP and then had a terrible year the next year. So uh, it, it, it's an up-and-down game, and you just got to stick with it, and I'm sure he will. And keep, he'll, He's a hard worker from all I've read, and he'll stick with it. Now, you mentioned uh, the trades, some trades that the Yankees made, and they brought in Todd Frazier to play third base. Uh, they moved Headley to first. Uh, they brought in Sonny Gray. Um, talk a little bit about the trades and uh, the, the you know how do you think it's going to help them coming down the road here? Well, uh, first off, all praise be to Brian Cashman. <laughs> that guy is a genius. <laughs> um, 
you know, when the trade deadline gets close, everybody is rooting for their team to make moves. You know, if you're a buyer or seller, and uh, we basically are going for it. And you can see from the moves in the last couple of weeks, we're all in. So we, we had to try and come up with the situation for first base, third base, Chase Headley. You know, even with the trades, Chase Headley is playing better, bringing in a Todd Frazier. You know, we bring D-Rob back home, Dick Hanley, um, even Jaime Garcia, and then obviously the, the biggest prize was Sonny Gray. He's pitching right now. Um, it basically is telling the league and telling all the Yankee fans that the rebuild, like, it's here. You want to talk about rebuilding? If you think about what we were doing last year with uh, Beltran and A-Rod and Teixeira and McCann and getting, uh, you know, some of the um, veteran guys out so that the young guys could come in and we can start this rebuild, it's crazy how fast, you know, things have changed. It's almost like, you know, I've heard a lot of people say we're back to the old Yankees again. Like, you know, it's time, but you ask me, I'm a realist. It's, we're not back to the old Yankees until we get in the postseason and make some noise. The <laughs> Yankee fan base is starving for the postseason. And uh, that's why Cashman did what he, what he had to do. Well, you're right there. Uh, Cashman did an unbelievable job, and he's really done an unbelievable job the last few years building up the farm system. I mean, that farm system's deep. They've got some. They've got some good, good guys in Staten Island. They got some good players coming along, and uh, they are really deep. And he managed to hold on to his prize guys uh, that he has in the system in a higher level. And through building the farm, then you can use some of these guys as pieces that, like, we, for Sonny Gray, we tossed two injured, like, prospects that, like, I think he finessed the whole situation uh, with Billy Bean, you know, with people talking about the Yankee farm system being so great. All these young kids that we have are valued. We could put deals together that include some of these young players that we don't even have room for. And you know we're we're going for it right now. And uh, yeah, I mean uh, they they traded Caprillion and uh, the other guy that's hurt and and uh, and really Ballard. yeah, and and really for Sonny Gray there and got made a deal. So Sonny Gray fits into a pitching staff that that at times has struggled. Uh, to be fair, and. Uh, you know, a lot of people say that's the weak spot on this team. What do you see uh, about the pitching staff that looks good to you? Uh, I don't know. They they grind my gears. It's always something else. <laughs> Literally every other day, every week, there's something else. It's either, you know, Tanaka ruining uh, Jeter's night, giving up uh, home runs all year. You know, just this week, CeCe comes out. You know, Donaldson single-handedly beat us the other night because CeCe couldn't pitch. Claims his knee is, is banged up, the worst it's been since 2015. You know, they do an MRI, and, you know, it shows there's nothing wrong with the guy's knee. Pineda went down a couple weeks back. Um, I mean, really all we can hang our hat on uh, is Seve before the Sonny Gray trade. But I don't know. If you're looking at the postseason, I guess we got to just feel confident that we have Sonny Gray now. We have – Severino, and I mean, I really couldn't even tell you who the third guy would be. Shout out to Jordan Montgomery. I mean, he got sent down, but for his, you know, his rookie stint, he he didn't do bad. He surprised me, 
Um, he had some good outings. Sometimes, you know, it's tough for him as a rookie going through the order a couple times. Guys got to him. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I mean, I, I think if, if we can figure out how to <laughs> how to not leave guys on base, that's my biggest thing with this team. If we can get some run support and, and help these guys, we'll be just fine. Um, now, looking at the bullpen, the bullpen is dirty. We, we, in my opinion, we've got the best bullpen in, in in the major leagues. If these guys all show up, if you think about it, when you when you add a, a Hanley, you bring D. Rob back with Patantis, Chapman, Adam Warren. Can't leave my boy Chad Green out. Like we've got guys where it's like if you can't go four innings, get get them out of there. We got guys. Start them up. You know, go mm-hmm. to the, go to the pen. So. I mean, we'll see what a series looks like. I'm I'm dying for a series uh, just to see, you know, how Joe will manage and play this, even for the rest of the season. There's really, like, there's no reason for guys to be out there in the fourth, fifth inning giving it up. You know, they got to have a short rope because, you know, we've, we've got great arms in the bullpen. Well, this weekend is going to be uh, uh, pretty uh... – Interesting, and and the next uh, ten days or so is going to be interesting for the Yankees, as they have uh, on their commercial list calling it the rivalry week. They are playing Boston, I believe, this weekend, and then uh, come home and play the Mets for two, and then come to City Field for two. So, uh, should be an interesting time. Uh, how are Yankee fans looking at the Mets this year? <laughs> uh, it's funny because I jot I jot down a couple things. Before we we spoke and and you just asked the question, I'm like, what do I think of the Mets this year? I mean, honestly, I don't do too much of watching SNY or following the Mets, but from what I've caught this year, Tim Tebow, uh, <laughs> you know, Harvey loves to party. Uh, this Mets maniac kid went viral for a video going at Terry for a little while, and uh, Mr. Met flipped off a fan. That's all I've got from the. The Mets, you guys don't want to make any trades with us. That's nothing new. That keeps the rivalry going. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. You you guys are back to the old Mets, just like they say we're back to the old Yankees. <laughs> well, let's not hope so. I mean, <laughs> hopefully we can uh, uh, resolve that situation for next year because this year has been just a very difficult year after the past two seasons. Uh, it's been very difficult this year with the injuries, especially. But look, everybody gets injuries, and you have to have the replacements. And I just think sometimes they're a little slow in bringing in replacements, and uh, I think that has a big part to what uh, that plays into everything too. I don't, I don't get why they wait so long sometimes. But this is uh, this is what uh, Sandy Alderson does, and he's the smartest guy in the room. Yep. So. Um, and, but and, hey, you guys won over the fans. Uh, the fans voted you as New York's number one team. You know, well, before the season, there was talk about how uh, fans have shifted to you know the Mets being the number one team in New York. So at least you got loyalty, and at least you got the fans behind you. Well, you know that that's <laughs> that flows <laughs> like a river both ways. You know. Uh, uh, if the Yankees get hot, all of those people that said they were Mets fans, they'll go to uh, to be Yankee fans, and you know how that works. I mean, uh, people are front runners. Let's be honest, and you have your core, 
your core fans, and then you have the other ones that uh, just flow either way, whatever the way the wind is blowing. Yeah, there's the Models not far from every corner. There's the Lids. <laughs> there's people that own Mets hats and Yankees hats. Exactly. Sure. When uh, when October comes, it just depends on who's you know who's in it. <laughs> That's for sure. Now you mentioned before that the offense has struggled, and. Uh, What's been the cause of that? Has has it? Uh, how badly is this team missing Starling Castro at this point? Because he was having a terrific year. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think about Starling a lot. <laughs> I love Starling, <laughs> and uh, I mean he was hitting for average. He was at one point I think either first or second in American League for average. Um, he's the type of guy that'll just give us a jolt. You know, hit a bomb when we need it. I, I definitely think we're missing him, but I, I can't go. I can't say that and go against my man Toe. Torres has stepped up and played very good at second, and even um, Tyler Wade has, has been serviceable defensively, not so much at the plate. Uh, I don't know if it's like you know, one guy not being there because if you look at you know Hicks just came back tonight, we mm-hmm. missed him too. Hicks was playing like an all star in the first half. You know, he missed 39 games. Um, then you think about Matt Holiday. Um, you know, I don't even know what his deal is right now. I think he was sick, and then he's back on the DL. We, we like, you know, we're just trying different shoes on, I feel like. Different guys playing, and, uh, you know, some some guys will be hot. Some guys will, will be not. Um, it's good to see, you know, Gary hit one the other night. We need We need Gary Sanchez to be Gary Sanchez. Uh, luckily, Gregorius Didi has been playing out of his mind. Um, second half since the All Star break, Didi is carrying us. Um, Judge slumping obviously plays into it. Thank God for Brett Brett Gardner. Um, you know he he's gonna single handedly uh, you know just hustle us to some wins. We'll see. You know the lineup from top to bottom. I, you know I think has the potential to be one of the best lineups in the league. But you know. To have everybody on, uh, it's just it's, it's a hit or miss. Last night, I think there was, there was some stat like everybody in the lineup had a hit. Todd Frazier had some hits. This kid Garrett Cooper that we got right around the uh, right around the All Star break, he went off. So you, you know, you fast forward to tonight, it's two nothing right now. Guys aren't hitting. We're in the top of the fourth. We were going bonkers yesterday. It's the difference between day and night. Well, uh, yeah, I hope you hit and uh, this weekend, and then go into a little slump Monday to Thursday next week. Because <laughs> yeah, we, maybe yeah, we'll, we need we'll, a, we need we'll, a break. Uh, we'll <laughs> run out of hit for for the Mets. <laughs> yeah, we could use the break. We could use the uh, a little oomph uh, to the to the stadium, and uh, uh, luckily we're playing the Phillies, so maybe the Phillies can give us a little push upwards and. Uh, we can continue have some yeah, good get momentum. a little practice run against yeah. the Phillies, <laughs> and uh, you lay lay into them, but not too much. Just a little bit of a practice <laughs> run for us. So, uh, I, I would imagine you you uh, naturally you still have a shot at the division. You're leading the wild card right now, so uh, everything is good in Yankee Land. I, I don't know. Depend, you know, like you said, you have your core and you have your front runners. Everything is good for the front runners. Someone like myself, and I know the rest of the Bronx Pinstripes guys, 
uh, shout out to Scott, shout out to Andrew. I know, I, I mean, I should have did that from the jump. <laughs> Ryan, RJ. Um, I know that we're probably a little bit on edge because we all are in. Uh, we, we are all in. We are going for it, and it's known now. We made all these moves. Um, we, we are trying to win the division. If we can't win the division, we'll play the wild card. But, um, you know, if, if, if this thing busts on us, it's just not going to look good, and it's going to be a long off season. So it looks – from afar, it could look like everything is all good in Yankee land. But, um, you know, say we, we struggle with the Red Sox and say we split with you guys. Just kidding. We're not going to split with you guys. So we <laughs> struggle with the Red Sox. <laughs> Maybe we give up one to you guys and, you know, we're just uh, – like if the Red Sox create any space on us – and, you know, we start to slip, but there's not that much time. The, the second half of this month's going to fly. The next thing you know, you're in September. And it's going it, to – it could come down to the wire. And the way our schedule looks at the end of the year, most likely it, it will. So, I'm – I don't know. I'm a realist. I know that we anteed up. I know that, you know, we pushed our chips into the table with uh, acquiring all these guys. So, if they don't get it done, it looks really bad on us. But – Technically, they say our year is 2019, so not going to be too sad about it. We got time. There you go. And and think of it this way. There's a lot of these young guys that have been up and down and uh, have have been up, have had a taste of the major leagues now. So it's just they're not going to be as intimidated the next time they come up. Or a guy like Clint Frazier, he's, you know, he's, he's handled it, so he knows he can handle it. So uh, it, it, it's a big thing. You know, I said that a couple of years ago when the Mets made the run to the World Series. I said, you know, I want him to win naturally, but look, you can't, it's hard to get that experience. And all those young pitchers, that was the first time they were through a pennant race, a division race. And and a yeah. uh, uh, playoff action and that experience is priceless. You cannot get that only by winning and being there. And uh, these guys are getting it this year. They're getting the pennant race, and it's a good tight race over there. And and it's it's really invaluable uh, down the road. And and like you said, your year they said was two thousand and nineteen. So. Uh, Anything this year from this point should be gravy. If you make the playoffs, anything can happen, and, you know, everything else is gravy. Yeah, I mean, we'd like to hope so. And, and like you were saying, that, that feel of the postseason baseball, it's it's just a little different energy than, you know, the regular games, um, the regular season games. When you get in the postseason, you can feel it in the stadium. Um, I was at the wild card game in 2015, and we lost to the Astros, and – just the way the stadium roared is different. And uh, you need young guys to play in that and experience that and expect that. So uh, if we can get in this year and get some of these young guys into the action, uh, throw them into the fire, I think it'll bode well for us in the next couple of years. I mean, the deals that we made are to have a couple of these guys for two to three years. So um, I, I say 2019 joking, but I know that's because they weren't expecting us to rebuild this fast. I'm already looking at it like, you know, we're rebuilt. We're ready We're ready to go for it this year. But, yeah, experience is huge. Uh, you know, the Mets had back-to-back years where, you know, they were in it and guys definitely got in there and got a good taste. It's hard to climb the mountain and get back. But, uh, 
you know, hopefully we get in this year and then it, it literally does go back to the old Yankees where we're in it every year. Like postseason should be regular for us. All right. Well, Keith, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. So tell the folks where they can uh, read your stuff and, and uh, about the site and everything. Uh, Bronx, Bronx pinstripes. BronxPinstripes.com. Yep, you got it. BronxPinstripes.com. That's the website. There's a bunch of stuff on there. Articles, fan shop. Um, Scott has built this mini fan empire, and there's a bunch of us. I gave props to Cashman, but uh, Scott has recruited an awesome team of guys. I don't write myself. I do video and social media stuff, but there's a bunch of guys on the team that do a few different things besides write. And, um, yeah, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's just Bronx Pinstripes. Um, well, your fan base is mostly Mets fans. But if you guys want to check it out, uh, that's where you find us, Bronx Pinstripes. And there's a podcast, the Bronx Pinstripes Show. So uh, be sure to check it out. We do have a lot of baseball fans that check in and listen. So uh, maybe we can get some. Okay, yeah. Some over the- yeah, those guys have literally taken off on the in the podcast platform. I think they're nearing like 200 episodes now. But between Scott and Andrew, you know, they've uh, they've killed it in that space, and I hope they keep going because it's it's great. It's just gotten better over time, and um, you know, people like Gary Mack reach out to us for opportunity. <laughs> uh, you know, they couldn't make it tonight, but. Um, uh, happy and glad that I was able to and thankful for the opportunity to speak with you tonight. Well, I'm thankful, too, that you were able to come on. And thanks again so much, Keith. And, and uh, we'll be talking to you again down the road. You will very soon. LGY, LGY. <laughs> and I'll be back yeah. right after these messages. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. Check us out at MetsMusings.com and find the Mets Musings podcast on Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, iTunes, Flipboard, and at BaseballPodcasts.net. That's BaseballPodcasts with an S.net. And we're back. And uh, let's take a look <coughs> down on the farm. <laughs> All right. uh, let's see. Uh, in Las Vegas, Gavin Ciccini has been heating up. He's hitting 351 in his last 10 games. He's walked four times in that stretch with four strikeouts. And the Mets should find a way to get him up here. Uh, in Binghamton, Juan Lagaris, who we said is coming to the Mets, has played all nine innings in uh, center, and that was uh, in last night's game as the uh, the Rumble Ponies beat the Erie Seawolves 3-0. David Thompson has been getting warmed up as of late. He hit two home runs in his last two games, uh, third baseman. 
David Thompson having a little struggle this year. Corey Oswald has just been dominant. There's nothing else you can say, and I'll have a little bit more on Corey Oswald later. Oswald has gone 31 innings in his last five starts and only allowed three runs. And uh, St. Lucie beat Florida 4-2. to two. Peter Alonzo hit another home run. He, he hit his 15th and is now tied for second in the Florida State League. And at this rate he's going, he's going to be at first place pretty quick. And uh, not so good news, Justin Dunn, the number one draft pick from last year, was scratched due to arm tightness. Gerson Batista was touching 100 in the outing. He came into the game. He is living up to the live arm pitcher. He was in the scouting report. Of course, he came over in one of the trades. Uh, Steve Nogasek was much better in his first inning work, but struggled in his second inning. And Adonis Usita, who is having a wonderful year, ex- extended his scoreless streak to 30, 34 innings. And the Charleston River Dogs beat the Columbia Fireflies 5-2 to two last night, and the Fireflies only managed base for six base runners in the whole game. Andres Jimenez continues to hold the uh, to hold his own in a league that has a lot of players older than him, but he's having a fine year and could be a nice prospect for the future. Uh, Adam Atkins and Keaton Aldridge were not able to hold the lead once they uh, got in. And the Fireflies were unable to get back into this ball game as a result. Uh, pitcher Darwin Ramos has transitioned uh, nicely, even though he's been between three different levels this year. So that's what happens, you know. They go from Kingsport to Brooklyn to to Columbia and sometimes back. And uh, it, it's, it's a tough thing um, for these kids. But you know what? It's all part of the grind and all part of the uh, the uh, being a professional. And uh, the Brooklyn Cyclones, Jeremy Vasquez has hit well since being promoted to Brooklyn. He has two doubles in three games. His plate discipline is good. And it'll be interesting to see if his power in Kingsport will translate to Brooklyn. Probably not. It's tough to hit a home run in Brooklyn. They're right on the water, and that breeze comes in and just blows everything back in. So, uh, But we'll see how Jeremy does. Uh, Jose Geraldo was called up from Kingsport to make the start, despite mediocre numbers in Kingsport. He pitched okay in the start, so perhaps he will get another start in Brooklyn. Trey Cobb, who has been outstanding this year, had his worst outing in his brief career. And uh, Marcel Renteria has uh, still trying to get things together. He's been struggling all year, so um, not so uh, not so good for Marcel there. Binghamton, Binghamton Rumble's pony starter Corey Oswald. We said before he was named the Eastern League's Pitcher of the Week for the week ending August sixth. Oswald earned the honor due to one brilliant start against the Trenton Thunder in his August third start against the Trenton Thunder. Oswald threw his first ever complete game and his first ever shutout as a professional. The game did not appear to be getting off on the right foot with the first two batters of the game singling, but he rebounded, Oswald did, settling down and uh, getting uh, the next 21 straight batters to complete the two-hitter and deliver the Rumble Ponies a win in the first end of a doubleheader. In the game, Oswald walked none and struck out eight. And uh, another guy we mentioned earlier, slugging first baseman 
Peter Alonzo has been named the Florida State League Player of the Month for the month of July. This marks the first time Alonzo has been named a Player of the Month, and the honor comes one week after he was named the Florida State League Player of the Week. During the month of July, Alonzo hit 336 with seven doubles, eight homers, and 26 RBI. During the month, Alonzo would lead the Florida State League in hits, runs, extra base hits, total bases, homers, and RBI. Alonzo finished the month in an eight-game hitting streak. In the month, he would hit in 25 of the 29 games played, and he would reach safely in 27 of the 29 games. On the season, Alonso has played 67 games, hitting 291 with 19 doubles, 14 homers, and well, 15 homers now, and at least 51 RBI. And two Cyclones, right field to Jose Miguel Medina, and D.H. Walter Raskin, Raskin was selected to represent the Cyclones in next week's All-Star Game, the league announced on Tuesday. The two Brooklyn All-Stars are the fewest selected to the game since it began in 2005. On four occasions, including the last two seasons, three Cyclones were honored. Medina 20 is shown on several occasions why he's so highly regarded by the Mets organization. After beginning the season in Columbia, Medina made a cameo with High A St. Lucie before assuming the everyday right field role with Brooklyn. Through 38 games on Coney Island, the Dominican Republican native is hitting 277 with the third most RBI on his team. Medina has been most notable for his performance on the base paths, however. Although he does not possess lightning speed, he has utilized great timing and shrewd decisions to steal 20 bases in 22 attempts, which places him second in the New York Penn League. So uh, he is going to be uh, on the All-Star team along with his uh, teammate, Walter Raskin, who is 21, and he has been Brooklyn's most consistent hitter in 2017 as he has turned in a pair of hitting streaks that have reached double digits. The Venezuelan infielder sits among the league leaders in average with 312, hits 45, stolen bases 17. Uh, If those numbers hold up, Raskin will have solidified his third season with an average above 300, which is impressive considering he has only played four full campaigns as a professional. So um, maybe some good signs down in the minors. Um, Who knows? We will wait and see for those guys. Uh, But let's get back to the Mets briefly. They do have a four-game series in Philadelphia. This is where they got to make hay. They need to sweep this series um, just to get more respectable numbers going here. They seem to be gelling a little bit more. Reyes seems to be good at second with Rosario at short. Uh, Flores is playing first. Had a, a rough day yesterday defensively. Did hit a home run to account for the only run of the game for the Mets. Uh, having a couple, he hit a home run this evening and another hit, but uh, he's going to have to split some time, I think, with Dominic Smith and and uh, time to put Smith in and let's see what he can do. And that could be as soon as tomorrow, as I said a little bit earlier. So 
we see uh, what what will happen there. And that's going to wrap it up for this uh, episode of the show. I hope you'll join me again next week. And remember, until then, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets.